one daywalker in the wrong film, undead that aren't sure if they are zombies, and more blonde wigs than a Dolly Parton roadshow. Welcome to From the Bone Vault, coming to you live from below Midnight Lair. I'm Gil. And I'm Levi. This week we watched Gallo Walkers with Wesley Snipes. Levi, hit me with some facts. Well, Gallo Walkers is a film. And (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, it sure is. Um, and it stars Wesley Snipes, which is probably the most interesting fact about it. It is a 2012 horror Western directed by Andrew Goff. And apparently this movie was held up in production by Mr. Snipes's tax issues. Uh, and glad we are that they finished this production to give us this gem of a film. Oh, gem. No. <laughs> Polished some polished expletive that became shiny. We'll put it that way. Yeah, sort of shiny. <laughs> but there's not a whole lot more to say. So I think with that, we could get right into it. And I think probably for this, we're going to not go beat by beat like we have been. I think since yeah. we have a lot to say about this film, we'll start with maybe we'll each say a good thing that we liked about the film. And then we can jump into what will no doubt be the rest of our uh, evisceration yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Okay, so the good. I genuinely like. Let, let, let's do this. Let me give you guys just. I'm going to give you just a qu- super quick breakdown of the plot. Wesley Snipes plays a cowboy killer of men who, through the convoluted plot, has killed a group of men that originally assaulted. Uh, that's putting it politely. His wife, girlfriend, or whatever. She became pregnant. He sought vengeance and hated the kid. Killed them, and then once his vengeance was done and and he had made his kind of peace with not living anymore he all but died his mother who had given him up at birth and was an actual nun to this secret order that was holding the balance of of the dead and the living uh made a deal with quote-unquote the devil or some kind of demon to bring him back but the pact was that when he came back the men who he had men and women who he'd killed would come back as well, and that anyone that died by his gun would come back to life as well. So the rest of the film is them attacking him uh, for reasons, and then (laughs) him putting them back in the ground by blowing their heads up, a la zombies. Um, That's the most cohesive thing about the film. Mm -hmm. Now, again, coming back to, like you said, the good. The good on this film for me were... I like the costumes. The costumes were really well done. I've got to say that. Yeah, they had some great costumes. His costume especially. I mean, I've heard other reviews mm-hmm. where they really ragged on him about the... They kept calling it a skunk goatee. I liked it. I thought it looked good on him. The The dreads were good. Yeah. His cowboy hat was good. Do you mind if I describe him real quick? Oh, please. For people please who might not have seen it. Please give us a description of this. <laughs> so I've got a screen cap here up. And first of all, he's wearing, I think, a leather shirt, a red leather shirt. And he's got huge dangling dreadlocks and his, as Gil said, his goatee, he's got the black beard, but he's got kind of a white goatee that's coming up from the bottom. And I agree. I think it looks kind of cool. And he's got kind of a regular cowboy hat. And then I really liked his coat too, because it had, 
it looked almost like a military coat, right. kind of like a like a con- Confederate soldier kind of thing. Yeah, on. Confederate Union soldier or something. The design of it, but then it also had on the sleeves it had like gauchos and some fringe. So it was yeah. whatever kind of Western look they wanted. It was a wanted. good look. I mean, he had the, yeah. like you said that that crimson vest and that that kind of silk, you know, that silky crimson shirt under it. And yeah, this was just a good look. Yeah, and he he does look like a gunslinger. I think he looks like a you know sort of a menacing cool gunslinger and i did that was one of my favorite things too was his costume yeah so again the costumes were great i thought the cinematography actually wasn't bad it was actually shot very well the scenes were well lit they had great settings the mythos they created was not terrible this idea that there's a border between life and death that there are these beings that can come back from it oh i'm gonna tear that apart later though um (laughs) the action scenes were not terrible. Um, <laughs> there's really not much more I can say good, though. I, I can't. What did you take away from it, Levi? Well, like you said, I like the costumes. And there's a point early on in the movie where he confronts these. They they almost looked like gunslinger cardinals. Inquisition. Inquisition, yeah. They had these red cloaks on. I was not expecting the Spanish Inquisition, I'll put it that way. (laughs) Nobody ever does. (laughs) Um, They had a shot of this guy on one of those railroad cars bringing them to meet this other guy. And they revealed them as they stepped off. They showed a close-up of one of their boots, and they had multiple crosses hanging off their boot. And I thought that was kind of a, a, a cool little touch. And they had some really fine red cloaks. And like I said, they kind of looked like... uh Catholic cardinals to me, but sort of streamlined for a Western setting. Um, but yeah, I liked the costumes. And like you said, I really liked the atmosphere that they created with the location shoots that they had. And yeah. I thought that's one thing they kind of did because I'm a big Western fan. I don't know if you've watched a lot of Westerns, but. Oh, very much so. McClintock was a, a household name in our home. Nice. So. Yeah, we had the whole line of John Wayne VHS tapes. You know, they were all the same color, and <laughs> we had all those. So I watched those a lot as a kid, and that's, awesome. that's something I I really appreciated. Sort of a a nod to John Ford and those directors. The huge vistas that they had. It was shot somewhere in Africa. I can't remember where. It was they beautiful, were beautiful. Though. Yeah, it was great. They had that awesome shot. The same. I think it was the same scene I was talking about earlier, where he confronts the guys dressed in red. There's mm-hmm. this awesome shot of this single tree oh that kind of hanging tree that was there yeah with the different bodies and on it? i yeah. think there was actually a head hanging from it or something <laughs> it and was it was somehow wesley snipes was hidden from these guys in the middle of nowhere behind this single tree and the only way they noticed him was there was an extra horse there we'll get into a blow by blow here in a minute <laughs> anything else good that just jumped out at you in in about the film um not really i mean <laughs> even wesley snipes performance yeah. It was a little lacking for me. Yeah. Like it was having seen him the least so of things. his performances. Yeah. And he didn't bring the pathos that he did to Blade. It was kind of like an empty version of Blade for me. Yeah. Because he had no feeling in a very boring way. It didn't seem like there was any reason for him to be that world weary. Yeah, let's let's go right into that part. Let's, yeah, let's, let's just break jump apart in. his character. He plays the character named Amon or a man. That's generic. Uh-huh. Um, sure. And he's supposed to have all this really despicable shit that's happened to him over the course of his coming into manhood that they display in the film. He meets the girl, they fall in love, and then she's attacked by these bandito guys. 
And then he goes on this whole vengeance quest and then he dies and comes back. But they don't give him enough beyond that. That like when you saw the crow and you had a similar thing of, you know, girls attacked, guy comes back from the dead for vengeance. You felt his anger riding him like a coat in the, yeah. in the role. He just showed up and wreaked vengeance on these guys. And you mm-hmm. see Snipes do that in this really weird tribal-esque way um, yeah. with that weird paint. I know. Um, I just, I, it was so out of place with what they show for the rest of the film. It's like, yeah. where did that come from? Well, there's a lot of things in this movie that were kind of interesting, but they had no context. Exactly. And one of them was the guy with the mouth that was sewed shut. <laughs> and did you notice the first thing he does when he comes on screen is try to talk to someone? And you find out later on, he sewed his own mouth shut. Why would you do that? If you're going to speak to people. I put that in my notes. I'm like, can anyone understand him? Because he comes up, this guy says something along the lines of, oh, well, he's here. Uh, we ran into some trouble. And then the guy's like, uh, well, we were there and then the thing happened. <laughs> what? Yeah. And you'd think a character that has their mouth sewn shut. I've seen that in other things before. First of all, there's a reason, which they didn't give in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, they give a half-ass one. And second of all, that person wouldn't try to talk. Why would he try to talk? Why didn't the, one of the two other guys that were with him talk for him? <laughs> I don't know. They had this whole unique <laughs> dress code thing going on. Yeah. You think they would have been like, he can't talk right now. He's a little caught up. Or right. his mouth so shut, I'm going to talk for him and just say it. Exactly. So that character in the group, I think, either was a priest or was a man yeah. of faith. Because at one point you see him with a rosary and he just kind of right. breaks it. And then he's in that prison cell kind of sewing mm-hmm. his mouth shut. Yeah. It, oh, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and something will stay on that scene for a little bit longer, the gunfight at the beginning, because there's an interesting part at the end where Wesley Snipes just walks up to the guy and rips his <laughs> spinal cord out like Predator. I was like, what? <laughs> I wanted to do one of two things. Either hear the Predator, the click, <laughs> or right before he did it, I wanted to hear, finish him. Yes. It was exactly like a fatality, it, for it sure. Just, the, gr- the graphics in this were not bad. The idea, right. though, is is the execution on some pieces like that were like, that looks like a video game. Yeah. What, it was what a little the hell? Plasticky and it made no looking, sense. I guess. It yeah, made there no was no reason. Sense. I think they might have tried to justify it later to say something about that's how he can kill them. Like if he just but shoots they never them, they explicitly die, but... say that. Like there's no, there's, a, there's a, okay. So the title of the film, Gallow Walkers, alludes to a naming convention of these people that come back. And at one point, their ringleader, in I'm going to come back to him in a second because there was actually a pretty cool scene that in this film and some pretty good makeup effects that were just was it the skin scene? Out. Yes, I thought yeah. that was actually pretty neat. So anyway, yeah, there's a point where he's railing in front of these people and he's up on the, on the gallows and he's just yelling at these people and going to rant. He's like, "You mm-hmm. call us gallow walkers," and it's like. No one has said that effing word through yeah. this entire film. <laughs> no one's talked about you. No one's even alluded mm-hmm. to them coming. Nothing. Right. And then here you come with this. And you guys are the only ones. Y'all are it. The, yeah. And no There's one like, else mentioned you. What, five of them or something? Yeah. 
Yeah. And they were the original gang that Snipes put in the ground. And it's like, right. But how do you call yourself? Did you give yourselves that name? That's like saying like, oh, I'm piano, I'm piano key Ted. Ted, you, you don't play the piano. You played yeah. it once at a party and you were drunk. You can't call yourself piano key Ted. I'm sorry. Well, that's a whole episode of the Seinfeld. <laughs> Tebow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought there was a lot of, that in the film where they just presented something as fact and we're just like, uh, okay. Sure. And like you alluded to, I thought a lot of it was really interesting, but I had to sort of fill in the blanks myself. Exactly. Do you remember the one guy that looked like some sort of weird dragon alien guy? Oh, the one that had, uh, the, the one that had guy? kind of stitched all the, like, it was yeah. either like possums or, or armadillos or snakes or something that he, he stitched yeah. all to his head. So these people come back from the dead, but they don't seem like zombies because they just seem like themselves. Mm-hmm. They're just mad. Um, but they come back and something happens to them that they have to kill other people and I guess harvest their skin. Is that what they do? They, they, he said something effective. The sun has an effect on them and furthers oh, right. the, the degeneration of their it skin. It kind of dries them out. Right. Sort of. So they have right. to take the skin of others in order right, to, to have normal skin again. And their methodology for that stuff is just like varies from <laughs> to <laughs> carefully yeah. do this. It's one of those things. There's not one set way they do it. Sometimes they just rip it off and throw it on their face. Sometimes it's very careful. And again, the mythos, if they would have taken a moment, uh, you know, they, they make a, a statement at the beginning of the movie, the legend goes, and then they explain mm-hmm. a little bit. And then they go, trouble with the damned is they never stay put. Legend goes that somewhere beneath these mountains lies a gateway between heaven and hell. It is said that a sacred sisterhood guards this portal, and the power of their prayers keeps the damned from tormenting the living. Trouble with the damned is they never stay put. And it's like... (laughs) That's all you gave us. And then yeah. they come into this, we need to take skin, and this is what we look like, and we yeah. have to do these things. And when I'm in skin, you hear this whole suctiony kind of yeah. stuff where he's assimilating it. Okay, mm-hmm. well, give me that factoid, guys. Let me know right. that walkers have the ability to assimilate the look of other people. And why are they all blonde? Yeah. That was a and whole other thing. why were there thing. so many blonde people in the movie, even people that weren't uh, gallow walkers there was like a whole crowd of blonde people at the gallows when he was giving that speech so the way i t- i interpreted that scene and you have mm-hmm. it is a lot of interpretation interpretation <laughs> sure interpretation, you have to um is that was a cult or a group of of people uh, like either a family or a bloodline that existed okay. there and then that sheriff guy was there piggybacking mm-hmm. off of their religion to say we're going to make sacrifices with that whole setup of the gallows and everything. And right. Then, okay. Because you know, the setup is is you come off of this – oh, the movie is so disjointed. This is why we it, didn't it go chronologically here, guys, because the movie – we're disjointed and, because this movie jumps around so right. much. 
And honestly, that's one of my biggest critiques of this movie. There were parts that were cheesy and parts that were like, why did they do that? But the biggest thing was they had a lot of cool ideas, but it was almost like pickup sticks. They just threw them all in a pile. Yeah. And then you you have to sort of pick through them and you have to say, okay, well, the, like, I didn't realize until the end of the movie what they meant with the whole curse of uh, Amon and the entire premise of the movie I didn't understand until the end of the movie, which right. is a big problem. That's a huge <laughs> issue. I mean, the, the, wow. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm stumped because it's like, <laughs> there's so many things I want to jump to. So again, let's let we'll take a step back for a second. So the, the movie gives you the legend. You have this scene where this kid is dumping this massive bucket of blood into something with no explanation, no nothing. This kid is just walking with this massive. I mean, it's like the size of his own chest, and yeah. it's just chock full of just blood. And you think, okay, it's a vampire movie. He's going to feed some monsters. Then <laughs> he dumps it in this well, and then he just it cuts to this flashback of the girl getting attacked. And then you go to this switch where you're now in this random town and Mm -hmm. they're talking about waiting on a train. And yeah, I just and somehow for some reason they go to this woman and this man that are about to get hanged and it, it ends up that this guy becomes sort of a sidekick to Amon for whatever reason. Amon sort of picks him out of a crowd and says, I'm going to save that guy with his 500 yard shot into a chain. Let me get that blonde guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and one thing I wanted to ask you here, is it just me or were parts of the voiceover not done by Wesley Snipes? <laughs> I caught that too. It seemed like there was some ADR that came in yeah. after where they had a, a Snipes impersonator come out and go, that's yeah. not why we do it. It's and like, you know the funny thing, I'm looking on IMDb, I don't see it. But I looked in the credits of the movie and there were was a second actor under Amon. Really? Yes. So I think it was another actor. The only thing I could think of that might not have been him might have been the younger Amon. Like the... The in the flashback well, showing him, but as a no, kid. I think but that they was a different. Mo- but, but they showed multiple. That was a different credit. Hmm. I think Young Amon was one, hmm. but um, I'm pretty sure it was a different actor, which Honestly, is neither here nor there. But but it wouldn't surprise me because of the, when Snipes had to step out of the film for his tax evasion oh, stuff, maybe they, so. they may have gone back and maybe kind of spliced some stuff together cleverly, okay, and it. then ADR that that footage. So maybe so, but that just added to the distance that I felt from the movie because when that man started talking, I was like, that's not Wesley Snipes. Right. You know, and it takes you out of the fiction. Mm hmm. And I try not to let this bother me because I do watch a lot of Westerns, but the, some of the shots in the movie were just yes. supernaturally on point to a point. Like I said, when he first frees his friend, whose name is fabulous. Here's the thing. <laughs> They gave him a pretty fun name. Yeah. He does not use it in the film but one time. Right. If you're going to be the quirky psychic, why don't you introduce yourself to people? I'm fabulous. fabulous. Yeah. Use that. They did. They just left it in the stick pile. Yeah. And I read some reviews where people thought it was stupid, but it kind of, to me. It was a great, that's a great Western name. Yeah, and it harkens back to some of the nicknames that uh, were given to Clint Eastwood in the Spaghetti Westerns that he was in, and they would make fun of him for his blonde hair and things, and I thought that was kind of a nod to that, maybe. And But I wanted to go through the, the cast listing and read some of these names. <laughs> so, there's a female character named Kisscut. Yep. 
which is pretty on the nose. Um, there's a character named Slipknot. There's a character named Skullbucket. Can you guess Skull who Bucket. that was? Skullbucket. I'm assuming Skullbucket <laughs> was the guy that had the massive metal cage around his head that uh, later there's a scene in the film where he just ramps his big effing head at people. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, the actor playing Skullbucket is DDP. Yeah, it is. What the hell? Listed on IMDb as Dallas Page. Oh my god. Yeah. And you, you, it, here's the thing. There's a part in the film where that big bucket head comes off of him and he's revealed. Yeah. And they put so much makeup on him that you can't even tell it's him. Yeah. And if you haven't watched this movie, which congratulations, <laughs> but if you haven't watched it, he doesn't just have a bucket on his head. He has a metal cylinder with metal spikes or something sticking out mm-hmm. of it. And he rides a horse with that on. Mm-hmm. There's no visor or anything. He's riding a horse, this big giant metal it, tube. And it's got, it looks like they, they just cut some eye slits that are about yeah. maybe a quarter inch. <laughs> and it's like, oh my. Like I almost feel bad for DDP for having to do that. But. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. This film got made because he was a draw. Him being in it, so no, no, I'm yeah. not angry at him. I'm not de- deal with a DDP. <laughs> but um, yeah, there were some interesting names. There's a character named Sueño, which I think means sleep, right in Spanish. Oh, don't give me the lion. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's that's way sueño. too late, and I, I have had <laughs> not enough caffeine to remember that. Um, but anyway, there were some interesting names that, like you said, they don't really say the names in the movie. They don't. They um, don't introduce the characters. We don't even get the the classic, like a lot of newer uh, Western nods will give you that freeze frame and a nice stylized lettering yeah. coming up and introduce a character. So you've got Skull a name buckets. to prove it. Yeah, that could have been great. Right. If they did that could have been Again, cool. a failed attempt at something, especially right. with something that has such a comic book-esque feel to it. Yes. That right. was a real misstep on their part, not giving it a yeah. little punch like that. Mm-hmm. And I think another mark against this movie is that it takes itself way too seriously. And if they would have leaned into some of that cheesiness, that Western cheesiness, not too much because you don't want it to be, you know, goofy, but they could have leaned into that stylistically like Quentin Tarantino and right. just sort of said, this is an homage to, you know, a mixture of horror and Westerns, and we're going to take tropes of each. But it seemed like they made a Western and just threw some horror things into it. Yeah. And then speaking of horror things, this is something I want to bring up. In the film, they call the creatures in it, the, the gallo walkers. There's a reference that they're zombies. This film is, is billed that he's a zombie hunter. Right. Um, he's not. These are, these no. are not. I mean, they're a type of undead, and I mean, some of this may be being a D and D nerd coming out of me, but <laughs> these these are not these are not zombies. Why would you build no. this as a zombie? There's no zombie quality to these guys, no, other not. than the fact that they came back from the dead. Right? They're not mindless. They don't. I mean, they hunt people's skin, but I thought at times they were more like vampires. Like you said, they had yeah. big buckets of blood being dumped out, which we can go back to that and mention it's a slaughterhouse. That's why they have buckets of blood. But they but, don't explain it. They don't explain no. it. They don't explain it. The kid just walks out of nowhere with a bucket of blood in his hand, and you're supposed to put five and five together and get potato. It, it doesn't Well, see, I thought, I thought that was kind of cool because I think you're meant to think that he's some sort of vampire kid because he's got this horrible blonde wig on, and he's dumping buckets of blood into the desert. So you're supposed to think he's a vampire, but later on you find out that his caretaker, 
Slaughter slaughters cattle, and that's where they get all the blood. I don't know that that's actually so, how slaughterhouses worked, but help whatever. me walk down the figuring out that kid for half a second. Maybe? That kid okay. is supposed to be the uh, son or daughter because they don't say whether or not it's a boy or girl. I think it might be a boy. I think it's a son. I think they said son. Son, the uh-huh. son of Wesley Snipes' love interest, which uh-huh. looks to be a kind of Hispanic, kind of African American girl, kind of maybe a blend there. We'll say more on the Hispanic side. I don't remember Fair? honestly. Okay, so <laughs> let's just say more on the Hispanic side, just for sake of argument. And she was assaulted by these multiple men. Were any of them blonde before they died? I don't think so. Because I don't remember any of them being blonde. I think one of them was called Red because he had like a red beard. Sure. So the, the beardy, <laughs> the bearded weird guy. Okay. So how did the kid come out stark blonde and looking just, nothing like the rest of the cat, the, the people that assaulted her? They just had so many blonde wigs. They just had to put one on this kid. <laughs> oh, there were so many blonde wigs. But then, the, then this is this is the thing. They kind of created this style for the uh-huh. Gallo Walkers based on yeah. that main character, the main bad guy, uh, mm-hmm. with his stealing of the skin of those other albino kind of people, I guess. Yeah. And then Kiss Cut did the same thing. So again, yep. that same style. They're very similar. But then you have the guy from the beginning that was the uh, Inquisition looking guy. He's got a look to him. Mm-hmm. But, and then you had, uh, I guess Slipknot is his name, the guy that had the metal bracing around his head and yeah. all that. With no consistency of look. And he didn't yeah. even have the contacts in like the rest of the cast did. So there was no consistency for the enemies. Right. And I wasn't sure. I mean,. You said something about it seeming like a comic book, and that kind of seems like a legion of bad guys, you know, with their own shtick. Because the the Slipknot guy, he was very bald. He might not have even had eyebrows. I don't remember. But he was bald, and he had like a almost a neck brace, some sort of weird... Very Mad Max looking weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was also one of the calmest characters, which I didn't know if that was a consequence of something he did, or uh, I don't know why that he, brace was I on his neck. he was the one that fired the shot that killed Wesley Snipes. And I think oh. that... Because I don't remember him... Here's the deal. I don't remember Snipes actually killing that character. Yeah. Um, and I think and, they called him Slipknot because he got hung, right? I would assume so. I would think that's why you would call someone Slipknot. And Snipes didn't kill him. Right. But I was wondering if he almost seemed different from the rest. Like you said, he didn't have the contacts. And I was wondering if he was kind of a Renfield-type character that was like a servant of these guys. And he was kept in that brace to sort of keep him in line or something. Well, but then, you know, Snipes shoot uh, toward the beginning of the film, pops him, and he goes, boom, and lands. Then Mm -hmm. he attacks the guys in the the suits and drops the seven shots, bam, 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 drops them. And then he pulls the other guy's heads off. But that guy, that bald-headed guy, Slipknot, was shot and dropped and then got back Mm -hmm. up. And they don't address the fact that he was shot. What you just said, he ripped the other guy's heads off. I wonder if he wears that brace so he can't get his head ripped off. I didn't think about that. Are we giving this movie too much credit? Oh, uh, way too much credit. Way <laughs> too much credit. Jumping back into almost in line with the film, there's a part where Snipes frees the kid, uh, Fabulous, who you don't know is Fabulous yet. And he brings him over to this place and he just doesn't tell him anything. He just says, yeah. got a job for you. What's the job? Got to kill some men. All right, I'm in. Sure. And he brings him up to this weird, I guess, abandoned mine shaft maze thing that he kind of yeah. drops him in. Mm-hmm. At that point, like my notes, in all caps, I go, why the hell did he fall into a trap door? He falls in and then Snipes lets loose these other, I guess, Gallo walkers. 
Well, but they're mindless. Yeah, they were more zombie-ish. They looked more zombie-ish. And maybe that's a consequence of them not getting the skin. Maybe they just sort of rot if they don't have this other sustenance. But then it, they're sort of a mixture of vampires and zombies, in my opinion. It just it, it doesn't make any sense. And then after he, he gets attacked and the kid kind of... He comes in, he goes... Are you good with your left? And he belts his right <laughs> hand right. down. I'm like... <laughs> What are okay. you doing? So then the kid pulls the gun, shoots him. Right. He gets out, and then Snipes just tosses him a gun. Yeah, he's like, you're cool now. I just Why does he trust that guy? Was that your training montage? Yeah, I think it was. J- I j- oh, this- but, like, why did he choose Fabulous? Like, like you said, just, oh, there's a blind guy down there. I'm going to free him. He's going to be my buddy. The only reason I can think of is maybe because the kid was just kind of a throwaway because, you know, he maybe Snipes thought, hey, they're going to the gallows. He's the youngest male there. I'll take him because he's not going to be a big expenditure. That's true. You know, or maybe, hey, it's somebody that was going to die anyway. I'll pop him. And, you know, again, they they do show that later. He gets injured. (laughs) And before he can die, Snipes pops him so that he'll resurrect and come back as a gallow walker. Mm -hmm. Which even then all they did was pop contacts on him. Yeah, he didn't really make the... Of course, he didn't have time to rot away, I guess. But I think they're very loose on their uh, history and fantasy with these characters. So, question for you, Levi. See if you figured mm-hmm. this out or not. What's the spiral? The spiral? Refresh me. The spiral, he keeps at his neck that uh, Amon has at his neck. And you see the spiral <sighs> pattern on a couple of things that the lady oh, that yeah. kept him has. Is that I supposed think, to be a nod to something? or I think it was a nod to the portal that he was born on because his mom and the nuns were in charge of guarding that portal. And so I right. think it was supposed to reference that portal. And then they did make mention that the group that his mother's affiliated with, the Sisters of San Diablo. <laughs> oh my gosh. The f- <sighs> yeah. The words, I want to say. I feel like this movie could have done with two or three more rewrites yes because there are gems there and there are interesting things but they simultaneously don't flesh things out but give too much you know they just run a quick hand over everything and i think if they would have chosen one or two points of interest and expanded upon them i even had the thought that this would have been cool if they would have spent more time with it to release as like a short series on netflix or something because i feel like there's enough material there they could expand it into that yeah hear that netflix you can probably do something with this you just did great with your most recent show take this and make something decent out of it And it's such a shame because I feel like the Western genre is ripe for some sort of horror tie-in. Because there's another movie. Have you seen uh, Sukiyaki Western Django? Yes, I absolutely love that film. It's basically a mixture of spaghetti westerns and samurai films. Oh, it's an amazing film. If you guys have not seen that, we cannot recommend that film enough. Yeah, Please, pause our podcast, go watch that, and then come back and finish. And it was produced by Quentin Tarantino and directed by Takasha Miike, who directed Audition, which hopefully yeah. that's a movie we'll get to. <laughs> kitty, um, kitty, kitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Westerns and you have any affection for like Japanese uh, action movies, you yeah. have to watch Sukiyaki Western Django. For sure. I feel like that's what this movie needed. That's the kind of treatment this movie needed because the visuals pop in that other movie and they have an interesting storyline 
that follows through and you can sort of follow it. But like I said before, I think that's the main failing of Gallo Walkers is there's too much going on and there's not a cohesive story to tie everything together. There's really not. <laughs> um, so, you know, going a little further down into the film itself, um, you know, as part of the background, this didn't make any sense to me. You see young him when it's the youngest version of him that Snipes is playing, mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> looking at the girl. Right. We get our complimentary boob shot that makes the movie PG-13. Oh, it's rated R. Oh, is it? Oh, well, probably for the language and yeah. the violence and all. But boobs, Levi. Yeah. So he has kind of a standard hairstyle going. He then shaves his head for the revenge mm-hmm. and then grows dreadlocks out from there. Mm-hmm. I just, okay, sure. Do we just need to find reasons to give Wesley Snipes different hairstyles? I mean, was that just a thing? I guess I mean, so. Is it showing transitions? And if it did, what did the transitions mean? I don't know. Maybe he, uh, I don't know. I honestly, I I, I don't really care because I think he looked <laughs> cool in each of those iterations. Well, and even the, 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 the last really... iteration I, I like. The, the early versions of him, I'm like, eh. See, I liked the revenge version. I don't know what that is and what they were going for. It looked like he had covered himself in dirt or something because he was kind of this dingy brown color. Right. And he had white sort of clay markings on his face. I have no idea why, but he did this when he went back in and he murdered all the men that had assaulted his paramour. Yeah, it... Oh, I just... mm. So, we progress through the rest of the film. There's a a couple of fight scenes. The two main characters get jumped at the slaughterhouse. Oh, I want to pause right there. Are you talking about when all the bad guys come? The oh, yeah. Slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah, when they show up at the slaughterhouse. That was one cool thing. It wasn't quite executed as well as it could have been, but it was kind of cool that when the bad guys came, there was literally a cloud of dust surrounding them. Yeah, that it was, was not a dust storm. It was a cloud of dust around them. And I thought that was kind of cool because it gave them sort of a supernatural quality that made them seem like, you know, a difficult force to take. And then you've got Skull Bucket just ramming people with his skull head, which was really weird. <laughs> well, you had some random throwaway guys that had buried themselves under the ground oh, somehow. Yeah. And then they I just burst out and come at the characters. <laughs> but see, this is the part that I don't get. Like, you see Snipes take out the gang. He mm-hmm. goes through and kills them in the jail. Right. But you don't see him kill anybody else. But then the Gallo Walker crew has mm-hmm. all these other guys that are also Gallo Walkers. But you have to have Snipes have killed them to them right. to come back. That's part of the, the story. But I think they imply that he has been doing things for a long time. And the lady who owns the slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. she says something to him like, you've never acted this way before or something like that. Or this hasn't, nothing like this has bothered you before. And it seemed to imply that he has done a lot of things. So he could... I don't know why he would do this, but maybe, maybe he goes around and kills kill bad him. guys. But I don't know why he would do that, because he's basically giving them superpowers. He could just have them crawl right back out of the grave. Right. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> At that point, like, I would get so minute on the details. Oh, so what happens if I stab him? Do they come back? Right. Is it just if I kill him? Is it just with a gun? Because if not, I'm just going to carry rocks, and I'm just going to beat yeah. him to death with rocks. Do and some experimentation. Exactly. I would get really good with a sword. I'm just saying. Or he could have some sort of dart gun with some darts that would just paralyze them. And then tell other people, hey, shoot that guy. Yeah, right. (laughs) Can you just put this rag over this guy's mouth, please? Jeez. 
<laughs> but yeah, that that fight scene at the at the slaughterhouse really wasn't bad. Uh, he strikes a nice blade esque pose. In yeah, the middle he of does. It. Um, yeah, there were some good fight scenes, especially, uh, I thought that one was kind of cool, and he did have a cool fight with Skull Bucket. Skull Bucket's the huge, you know, he's the big hulky guy that he's got to right. fight, and he did throw him around, but I was wondering, though, if Amon had any sort of supernatural powers that were conferred to him because of the deal that his mom made, because, and I could just be thinking of Blade, you know, in that context, but it seemed like he... He bounces back pretty quick from yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. He didn't get rattled. No, and I think he... I think I think you're onto something there. I think he has something else that's come back with him. Because I think it's part of his upbringing, too. They, you know, the, True. The sisters kind of make mention that the reason they left her son with him, or with her, the lady that is at the slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. is that she was a strong woman, I think they said, at the strong right. world. Because I think maybe she had some of that mythic property about herself because of the way they kept bones and bones were part of their day to day. He had a bone weapon on him at all times. I think there's kind of some mysticism about that as well. Uh, But again, they don't explain it. They don't take that ball and run with it at all. They don't give you anything to say, oh, yeah, she's a bone witch woman and there's these (laughs) enchantments on him. Cool. I can roll with that. But they never (laughs) say it. Right. So you progress through the rest of this this movie and – one of the other plot lines is that Snipes actually didn't kill the main bad guy's son. So yeah. when everyone was resurrected, the boy never came back. But the bad guy doesn't know that that's why. He assumed that Snipes killed him when he got his revenge and that just somehow or another the cosmic whatever didn't bring him back as well. Right. And he actually carries the boy around on this weird kind of scarecrow-esque banner thing and just brings him around and wraps him up in things and takes skin from other people to keep him fresh and that was weird super weird it was super super (laughs) weird and didn't it come out that he killed himself yeah yeah he actually you actually see in the flashback that he's dangling from a rope yeah uh, in there so the the, i think that they were trying to go for another nod to gallo walker there because the boy hung himself so again kind of a tie into this overall theme of that but they keep going through the film you get this this last action sequence which really wasn't that good at the end between the main bad guy and snipes yeah it was disappointing you know, Wesley turns around and, you know, Amon, boom, shoots the sun and shatters his skull. And that disorients the bad guy mm-hmm. long enough for him to kill him. And uh, you, you get to the end where the Jason Muse-esque sidekick yells out, what do I do now? I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and Snipes gives the best line yeah. of the entire film because it's so stupid. Come on, I don't know how to be dead. No one taught you how to live. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> yeah. That was the strongest line they could end on. And it's in the... But the, here's the thing. That's in the trailer. Yeah. That line is one of the taglines in the trailer. Nobody told you how to live. Yeah. In fact, I recommend everybody out there, if you've gotten through this and not watched the film, just watch the trailer. The trailer has a bunch Everything. of good bits in it. Everything. And yeah, it makes the movie look interesting. And do you want to just go into a wrap up now? Or are we pretty much done? Is there anything else you want to talk about? One last good point I'll make about the film, and I wish they would have done something more with this. There's a scene you get where you actually get to see the central bad guy, Sans Skin. You actually yes. get to see this amazing muscle work that, was pretty that cool. they did. 
where you had this entire upper body shot where he yeah. has no flesh and it's mm-hmm. not a bloody look to the muscle structure like you'd see from like your hellraiser this mm-hmm. was very dry very almost mummy-esque and mm-hmm. it popped so yeah. well looked really cool so i'm thinking all right great there's going to be a scene where snipes is going to pull the flesh from this guy and mm-hmm. they're going to have this big showdown fisticuff style thing where he's got the muscles out and all this they never touch it again no i think they might have blown their makeup or prosthetics budget or something on that and the guy with the little tentacle things oh jeez, yeah the guy, <laughs> the guy with the rats at the back of his head jeez. he reminded me i'm gonna show my star wars ignorance but he reminded me of the the race of uh oh tw- uh twi'leks yes he reminded me of a twi'lek like an emaciated <laughs> twi'lek he should have been in java's court just sitting here <laughs> yeah. saying no solo this is not what you do Ah, <laughs> oh, god let's transition to a wrap-up because i mean there's okay. just i mean this is overall take of this film a lot of amazing ideas that I think genuinely could have made almost a movie franchise yeah. if they would have been executed properly. Mm-hmm. That's my takeaway from this entire film right there. Yeah. I don't think I have to add much more um, except that I think my love of Westerns added to my disappointment because like I said, I, I referenced Sukiyaki Western Django. That's the last time I'll say it, but I was <laughs> expecting that except with horror movies and I should have known better because I believe it had one star on Netflix and it, it was rated like a three on IMDb, which is pretty low. I don't see many movies that are rated that. That's pretty low. But I think if they could have tightened up the story, taken out a couple of the bigger elements and, and made a more streamlined, cohesive story and maybe punched up some of the minor characters and given them a reason for even being in the story, like Fabulous, he was a decent character, but he was pretty cardboard as far as his relationship to the plot. And if they would have lingered a little bit on the world building that they were trying to do, I think it would have been a much more interesting film. I agree. Well, with that, I think we can put the final nail in this coffin. And please join us next week when we look at Westworld, the sci-fi cult classic with Yul Brynner as a murdering robot cowboy. If you want to see more of the content from us, you can always find us at www.midnightlayershow.com. Uh, Facebook is your preferred method of torture. You can uh, find us at facebook.com forward slash midnightlayershow as well as forward slash from the bone vault. Uh, if Twitter's your poison, twitter.com forward slash midnight layer TV. Levi, via email, how can they reach us? Well, if you'd like to email us so you can become part of the conversation, you can email us at from the bone vault at gmail.com. From the bone vaults, this is Gil. And this is Levi. Good night, everybody, and stay scary. Thank you for listening to episode six of From the Bone Vault, Gallo Walkers. This has been a Midnight Layer Studios production. 